0: and welcome to the glacially musical podcast it is beer metal and swearing of course i am nick cameron joined by my good friend oh shit Keefy chuck because i had a good one I, i totally totally lost it i want to apologize to everybody for this being late Uh, Apart from my having COVID last week, my cats decided to short out my regular computer, so I am on an old janky computer, hoping to God that everything works okay. Uh, How are you doing today, buddy?
1: I'm barely functioning, but it's okay. I managed to get out of bed and take a shower and brush the teeth and do all the human things. A human being is supposed to do, but like, yeah, I don't know, not not doing too great. So, uh, well, Pink Floyd have... and beer sounds right about a good time right now. Perfection. Let's uh, before we get to the beer check, just so everybody
0: knows, if you are brand new, thank you very much. You have made a terrible choice. Hopefully, you disagree with me. Uh, as this goes, we do beer check, vinyl check, shirt check, news of the day, meat of the matter. Meat of the matter is the third different animal. So, I should have called this whole thing. Uh, I should have called the first episode Animals, first different one. Then the second one, Animals, second different one. And then the third one, Animals, third different one. I didn't do that. Anyway, got my magnetic bottle opener because I'm not a peasant. Envy me for my Sierra Nevada Optimum triple IPA 11%. <laughs> Stop it my child is trying to make me laugh while we're recording and is succeeding. We watched a terrible movie called Sharks of the Corn and we have been uh, quoting it ever since. And now she has a Sharks of the Corn, a shark puppet that is now our Sharks of the Corn puppet. So there is the Sierra Nevada Hoptimum. Very little head, the higher ABV you get, the less head you have. So it makes a better pour. Smells like happy.
1: So now I need like a refresh. I need to, I need to understand. I hope that means it's good. I need to understand this Sharks of the Corn movie. Uh Uh-huh. I can't move forward until you give us a 10 second synopsis.
0: Imagine Jaws, but instead of the sharks being in the water, they're
1: swimming in the cornfields. Oh my goodness. I mean, it kind of sounds good.
0: Okay, sorry. There's a little bit of jumpiness today because I'm jumpy. I uh, had a bad experience with nothing, which makes me jumpy. So, Sharks of the Corn. Yes, yeah, Jaws, except it's sharks swimming in the cornfield. Then there's the cult and Bigfoot and the drones. And the, but the greatest line is still Mayor. You have got to shut down these cornfields. There are sharks in these corn, and people are going to die. We can't shut down these cornfields. It's the best harvest they've had all in years. How do you shut down a cornfield? I don't know, but they
1: talked about it a lot. So, fun fact: I just saw Jaws in the movies. We talked about this a few episodes ago, and probably my most traumatic horror movie experience of my childhood was watching Children of the Corn on VHS oh, at love my that friend's movie. house, and it gave me nightmares for eons. Like, I loved Jaws and Children of the Corn, and I love corny. Z grade movies, they really light up my life in most cases. Uh, My favorite horror movie ever that's not like a standard monster or killer movie is Night of the Creeps. Mm -hmm. If you know, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And, um, yeah, that sounds terrible. Make better choices for your family, Nicholas. Uh,
0: no, we are still quoting it
1: and still loving it and still having fun with it. So, no, what's your beer? All right, um, I am. I am drinking a beer I have had on the show before. This is Peak Organic Brewing's India Pale Ale. It's a, I think it's a five and change ABV. I don't know. I have my glasses on. That's my pop. I don't have any clean beer glasses because I've been drinking a lot of beer by myself. So we're going to drink this in a Dickie's Barbecue Pit cup. Cause I don't wow, know we are
0: just classing this place up.
1: We're just taking it way down.
0: All right, and you know what? Not gonna judge. Not gonna judge. You're gonna keep the train moving. I'm gonna go onto my vinyl check while you pour because we can't fucking see it.
1: You can't. see it, But I'm gonna, I'm gonna taste while you vinyl check. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I got two this week. I'm gonna start off with uh, Jefferson Starship by Paul Kantner. Uh, blows against the Empire. That is the very first uh, instance of Jefferson Starship existing. Duncan and I did an episode of the did an episode of the De- Department of- Department of Metal Antiquities, easy for you to say, episode on this one recently. And we both loved it so much that we both bought it on vinyl. So that's, that's a big deal. And because variations on a theme are my raison d'etre, because that way I don't got to think of anything else to do. My second vinyl of the week. The Sane Asylum by Blind Delusion. Uh, anyone who listened to the Department of Mental Antiquities episode we did on this record knows uh, I, I bought this off of my coworker for fifteen dollars. The other one was like two bucks plus shipping. But the Blind Illusion is Les Claypool and Larry Lalonde in a thrash metal band, semi-produced theoretically possibly by Kirk Hammett. They actually re-released it recently with uh, Les Claypool turned up.
1: That is right. And then both those guys, Les went on to Primus, found Primus, and Larry had already, I think, been in Possessed and left. Blind Illusion has a brand new album out that is a banger. They are literally in my backyard here in the Bay Area. They are second wave barrier thrash. They're a little progressive metal also. I just saw them earlier in the year, open for Death Angel. Fantastic band to this day.
0: Can I say... My hair is looking better than it ever has on this podcast.
1: This show is not brought to you by Keeps, but maybe it should be. Oh! No, do you know what Keeps is? Keeps is yeah, the... keeps your hair. Yeah, and it's actually really, apparently, not harmful. Like, a lot of these hair medicines have crazy side I, I
0: refuse to do anything to improve my looks. I am who I am.
1: But... I like that. Let's go with that. That's a good feeling. Uh, so, is that your whole vinyl check? Whole vinyl check. Then I guess it's time for mine. I have the one today, and you know it's a special one to me because we've spent endless times talking about this band and this album. This is ah, <laughs> there's a great, I... there's a great TikTok TikTok of Allison Chains. A guy listening, he's just like looking at the Allison Chains album, and then he, the ah comes in, and he's like ah, <laughs> like you can't. Uh, for podcast listeners who can't see that, I just almost fumbled the album out of my hands. There's no record inside the sleeve. But this is Alice in Chains' Dirt. This just celebrated 30 years. Hell, I'm old. But I, I love this album. I had that
0: in my hand last yeah.
1: weekend. This is the double. I got this because the variants all sold out and I could not afford the giant box set that, that I desperately want. I bought this we from... talked Hot, about that at length on Hot on, Stuff on Messenger. HotStuff.se. HotStuff is a record chain in Sweden similar to the Tower Records of Sweden. And they do a lot of cool stuff. They are big enough in the world that they get their own variants on vinyl. I think I got a Ghost variant of Impera from them also. So I'm going to show you the colored vinyl in a second. This I played this CD and tape out, broke the tape, dubbed this onto many things for friends. I love this record to the death. Easily one of my top five records of all time, and I mean of all time. Comes with a really cool insert with the lyrics, just like the CD did. Credits, lyrics, it's very glossy. My lighting and my setup are a little different this week, so apologies. Hopefully by the next episode, we'll be doing a little bit better. And the very cream yellow colored, which is the accent color of the vinyl, like a creamy yellow with the classic Columbia red label. It so looks that- like uh, a
0: sherbet and vanilla. Yes, but mixed together,
1: cello or mm-hmm. maybe a uh, gelato lim- limon. Um, my yeah, my setup is also different this week, but I feel like my I feel like mine looks better than normal. You look good. I will say um, I will say that I was a little surprised that that's not the gatefold. I um, it's not a gatefold. It's two vinyls inside a single sleeve, which is I feel unusual. You comment if you think you agree. I
0: have. Uh, a lot of those. Um, now that it would matter for Alice and Chains that they got a couple of bucks, mm. especially with that record that sold a squillion copies. But I think it's an extra dollar per copy to go gatefold rather than. Um, but I'm I'm on record. I am just not
1: really a fan of gatefolds. You've said this. You've said this. Here's here's one last thing I'm going to add. I have no other vinyl check today, but just to say that I ordered this from Sweden. This arrived the day the album re-release came out and hit digital and all. so like if a company from Sweden can take a payment from me, process it, ship me this goddamn thing, it's perfect, not a dent or a scratch, beautifully packaged through customs, whatever the whatever I paid in shipping, probably about almost equal to the to the cost of the oh, record to ship from there, good Europe.
0: twenty bucks minimum.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was closer to 30 plus, but it was to me worth it because these variants were selling out and I couldn't get one anywhere else that I wanted and I didn't just want the 180. I wanted the cute. The I 180 the color. Is what I had in my hand, I presume. And I got it on time. So I, I understand there's, there's global delays because of the everything and the, all the things. Like if, if this company in Sweden can get this record into my hands the day it comes out, Everybody else in America and Canada, do better. I'm looking at you, do better.
0: Uh, I agree. I agree. But let's, uh, let's not spiral as we are want to do. Let, uh, I have no news this week. What's your, what's your shirt check? Oh, shirt check.
1: I'm wearing just
0: an old-timey Metallica shirt. It's just, uh, the old-timey logo on a, uh, nothing, nothing interesting. It's just, uh, actually this is what I put on to wear underneath my shirt
1: at work today, so. Interesting. And I am wearing my Selena shirt because Selena, the movie, has come back to streaming, and, um, I think that had to do with the lawsuit between the family and the late, and the ex-husband, but, Mm. uh. Anything for Selena's. We love Selena. Speaking of
0: streaming, Clerks Three is now on streaming. So next week, well, week after, not
1: this week, but next week, we're we'll gonna. I'm gonna talk about it because I got okay. things to say. I have many things to say. Um, bring a box of tissues if you haven't oh, watched shit. this already, especially if you're a middle aged white guy. Um, I needed all. I needed. Hu-
0: I literally
1: needed hugs after the movie. I did, too. I was sad I went alone. I wish I had gone with a friend. But, I thankfully um, went
0: with a friend and got hugs, but okay. uh, that is not normal for a Kevin Smith movie is to need hugs. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: any other news items? No, right?
0: I, I, I got nothing this week. I, I looked and saw nothing worth worth uh, me.
1: Here, here's a fun thing. Maybe this is a thing you and I should look into doing. Uh, I, don't, I, heard, I heard a rumor that maybe Nick Mason is going to add extra dates next year to North America and come back here. Uh, both of us have missed out. Um, Big time. But um, apparently, today uh, was the announcement. I know it happened because I posted it on Ghost Cult. <laughs> it was the announcement of the Decibel Metal and Beer Festival in Philadelphia, a city you like? Mm-hmm. So maybe, just maybe, we might, maybe we can go to the festival. When maybe. is it? It's in April, usually. I don't know if that's a busy time of the year for you. I was hoping to be out of the country in April, but who knows? It is not. Let me... My life is upside down. It's just a thought. You have to look at the lineup, make sure it's for you. It's called Headline by Suicidal Tendencies and Black Dahlia Murder. A new version of Black Dahlia Murder without Trevor. Uh, Incantation and I Hate God will be there playing special albums. Suicidal will play the first Suicidal album and the hits. Um, Black Dahlia Murder is just going to play. That in and of itself is a triumph. And a bunch of other pretty cool modern death metal bands. I'm going to call that a
0: definite hard maybe. Maybe.
1: maybe. Hard Uh, maybe. I mean, and if not that one, they're doing one in Denver in December. There'll be another one next year somewhere else. They usually have at least two a year. Maybe it's a future plan where we hit one of these and then we maybe live podcast at the festival or at the hotel room or something. If we
0: cannot do next year, maybe the year. I can guarantee you 2024.
1: Providing I'm still alive. How do I sound? Am I I reverby? You sound good. Good. You sound very good. Very tight. No worries. Uh, NHL season kicked off. Rangers are two and one as of this uh, video. Wait, you've already played three games? Rangers have played three games. we have only played one. Yep. We're we're going to play another
0: one in two days.
1: It's a weird schedule.
0: Uh, I did go real quick on the hockey front. Uh, Watched a couple of uh, federal prospects hockey league games. Which are just as Mickey Mouse and Tiki Tac as you would expect for a league on YouTube. Uh, spectacular fun, though. Great fun. Uh, we also went to Lindenwood University's first ever home men's Division One hockey game against the Air Force. They started, they went down six to two in the second and came back to win it seven to six. Woo-hoo. So there are probably some enthusiasm bombs from the coach of the Air Force uh,
1: after that game. That is a lot of scoring. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm surprised at that amount of scoring. Um... It was
0: a fun day. It was uh, like I said, very first one. The arena they play in holds 25. There were 21, 2200 people there, including a student section that I think had been pre gaming for four days leading up to it. So loud as shit. So much
1: fun. Great. I love to hear it. Uh, as we are speaking, I was hoping to get in the first couple of innings of the Yankees game five against the Cleveland Guardians, but they are in a rain delay. So,
0: so let's get moving. So that way, when the rain's over, you can watch it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Or listen. I don't really have a TV. I do well, fair streaming enough. for everything. Period. Um, so. <sighs> Any, you got any news you want to want to drop or are I we? I don't really think so. Decibel Metal and Beer Festival uh yeah. and all that jazz and uh I I mean, I don't think we care about Blink-182 reuniting, but I think it's actually good for music and very yeah, fun yeah. and funny. And between like Paramore and Blink-182, all the elder emos are like ha- happier than they rightfully should be, but they are good. And uh fuck them all ouch I did I'm see I'm sorry no
0: I, it, it's good they're coming back because yeah, they'll bring younger bands with them and, that's yeah. what I,
1: they are that turnstile is opening for Blink 182 on a national US tour that's insane those guys are deep rooted hardcore guys in a, in a semi popular band um, I will, two more minor topics while we're at it. In terms of movies, because we talked about Clerks, I saw Halloween Ends, and I liked it. A lot of people do not seem to like it, but I don't think they knew what album, you know, what just like what album people are getting. They don't know what movie they think they're going to. And I liked it. And the soundtrack is magical. And speaking of soundtracks, we probably should do a whole series or chaser on John Carpenter and his son Cody. Because they are still making banger horror movie soundtracks. They just did the Firestarter one. Now Halloween, of course, because he's also producing the movie. uh, As well as... Appearances on the soundtrack from Dead Kennedys, Bloister Cult, and Boy Harsher, which is a band you have heard me talk about this year, with a fantastic two new albums, and now an appearance on the Halloween soundtrack. And one other movie I saw is the documentary I urge everyone to see, especially with what's going on in the world. Uh, Sirens, the movie about the Lebanese metal band Slave to Sirens, crossing across, you know cutting across a lot of social, political issues gender issues young adult issues millennial and younger issues in the world and um yeah this documentary is marvelous it did take place over the course of that horrible explosion in lebanon in august of 2020 while the world was also going through a pandemic the heart of the pandemic so just i cannot recommend this movie enough easily one of my top three music documentaries for the year and that's my news I-
0: i apologize but but i'm just gonna i I said i was i was done but i one thing i should mention and i only learned this after i contracted covid for the second time which kicked my ass this time i might add if you've listened to the tori amos episode of the department of mental antiquities you heard my because i went listen to that and went uh we are now approved for a third booster i didn't know so i and i still haven't scheduled mine because i'm a fucking idiot schedule your boosters
1: we are heading into flu season and your booster cannot hurt i'm not a big fan of the flu shot but having had covid now earlier this year in the summer i don't want it again uh boosters coming. boosters coming soon i'm just trying to figure out my schedule and it's been hard for me to get out of bed daily so you gotta figure I out adult, gotta figure out grown-up shit also yeah. anywho uh, all that being said and done that is the first half of the show Pew! all done Take us away, Maestro, for the final chapter in the Pink Floyd saga for animals. Okay.
0: Well, I'm going to say, and th- this is Nick talking, you know, your, your uncle, your uncle daddy Nick. Uh, sorry, I watched a really creepy ass documentary called Stay Sweet. Don't watch it. Anyway, um, I am going to say that we are now discussing, quite frankly, the last moment of Pink Floyd. This show is the end because Roger has already been amassing territory in the band. And at this after this show, he completely takes it. You know, and he had significant writing credits on this album, the previous album, the, the preceding album of that one. However, I think I would make the case that Roger claims he wrote The Wall and is The Wall and is Pink Floyd. As you've said, he is Pink in his mind. So this is, and there is no legitimate Wall tour. They did about 15 shows total for The Wall because Roger didn't want to do this again. You know, and and I love Roger and I love what he's done, but holy shit, this series has really been rough for me because it's harder and harder for me to stand Roger Waters when we really get our feet into this. And it's, it's icky and slimy and we're not even do the real nest. Excuse me that, that wow. 11%. It hits you. It, it hits. So, and I'm going through it.
1: Let me, let me jump in me. and say again, Hit. like we've, we've made a very, strenuous point to say that we don't co-sign Roger's personal current politics that are nasty and horrible. Uh, imagine being a Bob Dylan fan. Like and I know Bob Dylan is one of the most important songwriters in history. He's an incredible lyricist, similar to Roger, a hero of Roger's, actually. He explains a lot about Roger. Um, see, Some people will tell you about how great a singer Bob Dylan is. He's absolutely not a great singer. He never was. He never People could. on the drugs. Well, just people who want to buy the myth about his greatness Now i think bob dylan is an incredible songwriter and... look i
0: love john lee hooker but you're not going to
1: hear me say he can sing yeah yeah um and if you listen to john lee hooker and it's for the singing other than the greatness of the songs, I'm curious. but I um, question I
0: question every, I question every <clears throat> one of your choices. But
1: that's and also interestingly enough, Jimi Hendrix was not a great singer in his lifetime, and then you get to hear things like blues and some of these compilation records, and you hear him live and he sounds much better than on these records. It's just like where did he put his focus writing and producing and make and recording? and, well, he not, recor- and they did the vocals in an hour. Well, he recorded his vocals while he was playing. Typically, sometimes, yeah. Plus, he was overdubbing everybody else's parts, including especially Noel Redding's bass. So, anyway, I make it a point. What is the point, you? The point is, like, you know, these Roger songs and albums are mean. They still have meaning. It doesn't invalidate those feelings, those attachments we have to those records. It just makes it hard. Imagine being a Bob Dylan fan for fifty years and thinking this guy was God, and then you find out he's he's a slimeball. He's been, you know, over sexually aggressive at every step of his career and multiple like lawsuit cases against him for harassment and worse. It would stain the guy for you. It would make it, would make it hard for you. So like, it's you like you'd be it's, if you were a hardcore
0: conservative with conservative values who is really serious about the family unit. Then you find out that he uh, amused his wife, paid for an abortion and uh, ran out on five kids.
1: Are we talking about Lauren Boebert's dad? Anyway. No, uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, fuck that guy. Um, oh, yeah, fuck him. All. Formerly of the New York Giants. Fuck him. Oh, yeah. Uh, in every way possible. But, you know, in Georgia, you might be... If you're like Touchdown Jesus in Georgia, you know, they might just see right past that. Um. Anywho, sorry. Anywho. Uh-huh. So I will hand it back to you just to say that, again, there's a lot of people yeah. out there who, who have identified their whole lives with artists who are now coming things are coming to light about them letting us down it's a hard it's a hard relationship
0: to be clear um when i say i stand roger i'm talking about what he has done on record and regardless of where he moves and and what stupidity he sticks his face in now uh, i still relate to animals on a visceral emotional philosophical level period and regardless of any stupid crap, doesn't change it. Doesn't change the wall, doesn't change anything. So, but that being said, Roger's kind of a dick. And the, on the best of days, he's, he's kind of a dick. So this is really, and, and we're gonna get into some part of this concert where I look at this and go, what a cockhole!" Cause there are two songs on this record where I think to myself, what is going on? Why is this happening? Roger. So uh, back to the point. This is the final tour of the In the Flesh tour, which gives way to the the wall tour, quote unquote tour. Well, again, five on the coast, five on the West Coast and five to ten in London. And that was the wall tour. They didn't want to. They didn't they couldn't tour it because it wasn't Roger refused to play stadiums. And Roger's vision for the wall required stadiums to make money. So the only person who made money on the wall from Pink Floyd is Rick Wright, who was fired and was paid for his work. So here we have the last show of the tour. Montreal. Roger spits on a dude. We'll get there. I'm not going to make any joke about that because that's just gross. Don't do that. So The Pink Floyd has always played long shows. It's a two and a half hour show. They play animals. They play Wish You Were Here. Then a subsequent Bits and Bobs. However, now, since they're playing all of their new album and the previous, you would think, I would think, that they would start off with animals by playing Pigs on the Wing 1. No. Nope, they start with sheep. Because...
1: Ideas? I mean... We discussed in previous episodes that at the same... This amazing, insane level of success they had... Challenged them to their core as a band. So the millstone of Dark Side of the Moon and how brilliant it is, but also that it's one singular piece of music in their minds, and not ten songs or eight songs. Uh, The follow-up to Wish You Were Here, which has titanic radio hits, despite being a total synth and lead guitar wang-out avant-garde record, in its best day. It's an
0: avant-garde prog record.
1: Right. It's progressive rock. It's, it's as much progressive rock or more than Dark Side of the Moon in my mind. More. I would say more. Because Dark Side what of the Moon has several just, you know, this, uh, except for money, Dark Side of the Moon is all in 4-4 four, four, and 3-4 and is like straight up, could be, has been chopped up into radio songs. And so right. has money with its challenging time signature. What Exactly. Are you, what are you guys, yes or ELP? Yes, you are. <laughs> as good. On the last same, or Genesis, on that same level, Genesis with Pink Pete Banks. So, um, You know, um, the millstone of the success has to factor into now everything they do. The stage set, how big they're getting. They sold a lot of records and didn't earn a lot of money. We discussed that in the last episode. Don't need to rehash, but it's just a thing. They sold more records than almost anybody in the 70s except the Eagles, and they didn't have a lot of cash to show for it. And being Pink Floyd is very expensive, just being that kind of level of band. And so... Roger's Dissatisfaction. I mean, like, Sheep's a great song, and I ser- I wouldn't mind here. Hearing- I know, I love seeing a band change their set list up and getting different things to open and close with. That excites me, but, like, yeah, Sheep is a weird choice. Just inherently. I would have at least opened with dogs if you didn't want to open with the acoustic guys. At least open with dogs. That makes a lot more sense, even though it's... Well, you know, still along. as you were talking, uh, I was not
0: listening. I was thinking, because I'm a jerk, and I apologize for that, um, as I thought about it, really, honestly, truly, and I love this record. Do not I'm not bagging on it. There's no narrative, there's no thematic progress. I mean, the closest thing to a narrative is this one sheep kills a dog at the end. Okay, I get that, great, but there's that could have happened anytime. So, does it really matter what order
1: they go in? It's assuming you know Animal Farm and know that that's the inspiration for the animal. It's a very big leap. You know, I love the Henry Rollins, I, told this, I probably referenced this at least once on the show, where Henry Rollins has a spoken word bit where he picks on Iron Maiden. And he picks on Dickinson, specifically from his interviews. Like, we're a very literate band, and we read a lot of books, and we write songs about those books. And, um... <laughs> You know, and then he'll quote out a bunch of song lyrics or album titles, and believe titles. you talked about this during the maiden series. Go Possibly. back and check it out, folks. But yeah, go back and check it. We'll link it in the description and maybe in the in the up above us. But I, yeah, I, uh, it's it's a leap to assume the fans understand that animals is based on animal farm. there drinking.
0: are conservative adults who were in their sixties who had no idea that dark side of the moon was anti-capitalist and pro-worker propaganda. So, yes, I can completely see why. And and I'm not just picking on conservatives. I'm just pointing out that this is blatantly pro-worker and the anti-worker party. They're like, oh, that song's great. I love this song. Yeah, dig a hole, bitch. Dig another one. I I don't know when they hear that, what they're thinking. It's like, no, he should be digging that. Yeah, dig that second hole. Work hard. I, I don't know. Anyway, so complete yeah, they're they're definitely nailed to Dark Side of the Moon. Roger admits that by because he did five tours where he played the whole thing. Pink Floyd, 20 year 15 years after this, plays the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon to bring the people. And Roger's not there. Another one of Roger's creations. 60% Roger. We'll call it 60. He wrote all the lyrics. If you're ten percent of the music, that's sixty percent. Anyway, so they they know where they're at on that. So I, then the, this tour, they're playing stadiums. The the show we're discussing is in Montreal's Olympic Stadium, or something they say in French, which is not that former mm-hmm.
1: home of the Montreal Expos. No,
0: the greatest Mont- the greatest French Canadian baseball team of all time. Just gonna say that the first time I ever heard for, Oh Canada was uh cardinals and expos in 1986 uh and they sang it in french completely in french gotta love that they did not know that you're only not supposed to do that you're only supposed to sing half of it in french but whatever st louis midwest midwest in the 80s we didn't care about people that spoke funny talk back then so and that would definitely qualify as to anyway i'm kidding i love the french people and this i everybody knows everybody knows so so they, they they bust out sheep. Great rendition of sheep. raw, dirty, gritty, love it. And then what do we do? Fucking pigs on the wing part one. You motherfucker. you now you're messing with me. Now you're just seeing what I can what you can do. Okay, great. So then where do we go? Well, flip the record back over. Let's get to dogs now. All right, well, we started side two. Then we're going to flip back over to side one, play side one. And dogs, I think, went on for about seven hours. It was, and, and sheep went also, I'm going to say, it, they went on long, a little longer than required. Then, because you, this is what you do, apparently, when you're Roger Waters and you're pissed off at people, you spit on a dude. Because... Uh, Apparently, these French guys were lighting fireworks and shouting and hollering. And Roger Waters needs you at this moment in time. And he's not drunk or blasted or anything because Floyd never did that. They were the, the, the sights and the sounds of the psychedelic movement. And as Nick Mason put it in his books, I never got any of that. We didn't have any money. So we couldn't do that. So that, they were never like drinking or anything on stage. So he, he's excited people are having fun and not watching him and i don't know if he's aware but pink floyd is not an audience interactive band you're never going to see the whichever person is singing holding his hands above his head clapping stomping his feet going come on sing along no uh so he says i'm trying to fucking sing a song here quit lighting off fucking fireworks some people want to hear the song right there damning with faint praise for yourself some people want it; not everybody but some people want to hear him sing and and he's like if you don't if you want to sing along and make a crowd or set off fireworks get out and go to the get a pint fuck you and i'm like whoa 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 now i can't even sing you motherfucker
1: i think it's fair to say we're not we're it's it's easy to gloss over that roger just behaves badly but i think like this is endemic again the millstone of the success the disjointed nature of the band is starting to fracture we discussed it during the making of animals is starting to get the even before that we're starting to get the hints of things roger asserts his control and rightly so these albums are a miracle of music making and writing and the other he's feels disconnected from the band he feels disconnected from the audience instead of like a peter gabriel who feels completely in sync with the audience no matter what the scenario so like just to make a comparison of a similar lyricist genius and songwriting genius frontman um you know so he's feeling pretty pretty bad he's not happy and it's the end of this grueling tour They probably don't have a lot of money to show for it, although touring is where they made any of their money.
0: And when he's not, it's not just a grueling tour and all that, but he hates this kind
1: of tour. He does not. He feels like this misrepresents the music, and it's getting too stupid, and he doesn't like it. And I don't know if this is true or not. I've read accounts that he also peed off the stage, not necessarily on to anyone, but he peed literally zip and whipped it out and. Little Roger came out and wetted the area off the off the stage. Like this has been uh, not corroborated, but perhaps an account. I I don't know if it's true. It'd be pretty, certainly be like some kind of lascivious lewd behavior in buttoned up French Canadian. Not in
0: 1977. Um, If I could just you know quote Jason Lee from Mallrats. Christ, man, there are some things you just don't talk about in public. And I'm going to say Roger taking a whiz off the stage qualifies. Because I don't even... I, I I can't picture Roger as a young man. You know, for me, Roger is always the 75-year-old dude.
1: They're all about 30-something at this point on this tour, no?
0: Yeah, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still young gentlemen. That kid but is on me, the
1: escalator again!
0: Right, but to me, I still see old man Roger. And, you know, wrinkled little... I know. Oh, I mean, little
1: Rog. Um, I don't minutes. know if this is true or not. I, I'm just saying, like he's. I don't pretty, even want to think about it. He's feeling mentally yes beat up by being a rock star. I understand, like you bastard. Like how could you? You're so lucky. Well, you and know, nobody really knows what it's like till you get
0: there, and it's a hard life. Imagine being away. You know, your house. My house is my home. It's my my my. It's my everything. To be away from it for a week, and I'm like on vacation i'm like when i get back it's like oh, i'm home when i would have to go on business trips three or four times a year be gone for three or four days i get back i'm like oh. now picture that for two goddamn years two years you're away from your home you've got to hire people to take care of it you've got to get house sitters you've got to get all this wondering about your home and then in the 70s when there's no cell phones long distance so you're probably paying 300 400 a month just calling your house sitter just checking in with your family or serving your wife
1: divorce papers if you're roger yeah i mean roger's getting divorced gilmore gets divorced right after this before the wall before his solo album in 78 like this is on not good not a whole lot of not good going on with all these guys yeah i
0: mean it they're 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 burnt they're burnt out they're they see themselves as genuine artists not pop stars but they're doing pop star tours. And you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault them for being burnt out, shagged out, and ready to go the fuck home. And that's where they were. So moving on, we play dogs again, another bit much on the dogs. After dogs, well, let's go ahead and finish this bitch and play Pigs in the Wing part two. Okay, I don't know why we're jumbling this all together, but did you notice anything interesting about this version?
1: Do we hear picks three different ones. I don't remember if you. Remember. No, we haven't
0: we're, no, we're not there yet.
1: Okay, okay.
0: We'll get no, there. I don't I don't. No. Snowy played his solo. No shit. So there's a guitar solo in this one, which originally Dave played it. Uh it was erased by mistake by Roger, so they say. Uh so Snowy ended up playing it and it was only released on the 8-track version of this album. If you're me, I probably would have put that on the 2018 remix cuz you got it. Whatever. So they didn't do it. Now we get to Pig's three different ones. And it's
1: not...
0: uh, It's not the worst part of the record. We're headed there. Is is this a record? Is this a record you can buy? I'm sure there's a bootleg. I have a bootleg
1: of a different concert from that tour on vinyl that's like beautifully made and remastered, Mm -hmm. probably by... I know I shouldn't be buying bootleg things, but it came up it came up. Look, if you there. have everything Pink Floyd ever did already anyway, you can buy bootlegs. I think so. Because um, then you know
0: at that point in time they're just not serving the market and it's their fault. They made that's me sure. do it.
1: Continue with the set list. Let's let's plow through this thing.
0: Okay, next we uh so they finish off animals. now they take a break. Gotta have a breather. Now we come back to play all the hits from Wish from Wish You Were Here. And all the rest of it, too. So have you ever thought to yourself, man, what would happen to Shine On You Crazy Diamond if Roger sang it? Now you can find out. It did not take me long to realize, holy fuck, no. David is right there. He sang it on the record. Does he hate you? What's going on? Now, for Wish You Were Here, they play the thing front to back, which probably what they should have done for animals, but they didn't. Uh, no, actually, no, I take that back. I completely... No, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. Because next is Welcome to the Machine, followed by Have a Cigar, followed by Wish You Were Here, followed by Shine On You Crazy Diamond Part 2. I know they have like other numbers, but no, it's one and two, because it's, it's only two so then we have an encore and finally those drunk french fuckers in the front get their day because they come out and they play money money is probably sorry i'm leaking today money is probably the most popular pink floyd song in the entire catalog that is not named another brick in the wall part two and it's my wife's favorite version of Pink Pink Floyd song. She's not really a fan. Uh, You know, it's, it's a cool song. It's a great bass riff. There are not many, and I hate this word. Everybody knows I hate this word. There are not many iconic bass riffs from the 70s. This is probably number one. This is an amazing moment in the musicianship of Roger Waters. We don't talk about that very much. Roger is it's like banky and holden right holden draws it banky inks it and then and then banky colors it you know it takes you know you got the one guy making the outline and the other guy fleshing it out
1: your mother's a
0: tracer (laughs) i'm tracing
1: chalk mark around your dead dead body
0: fucking body (laughs) love that movie no, I want the guy that draws Blunt Man and Chronic to no, sign it.
1: No, no, I don't want you to sign it. I want the guy that draws Blunt Man and Chronic. He just <laughs> traces. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you're a tracer? Oh, yeah. So, lo- I need a more rats too, now.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. What if you.
1: Or Chasing Amy, too. If, sorry. You, got
0: a, if you got this artwork and then you draw the exact same artwork right on top right of it. Right around. What would you call that? I don't know, I don't man. know man.
1: It's a tracer. <laughs> it's a tracer. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is like one of the greatest scenes in cinema,
1: and that's the opening scene of that movie.
0: Yes, and then it goes downhill from there because that is well, just not no great movie. But that, I mean, that is what's a, a Nubian <laughs> bitch? You almost made, made me, me laugh. Made me laugh. <laughs> okay, stop it. Where was I?
1: Sorry. <laughs> what? Um, that? Sorry. Strange, about... strange choices. Strange choices. Oh. I love Wish We Were Here again. My favorite record. Ever, period. Then full stop. But strange choices. Could they get the hits, like obviously if you okay, so maybe people don't know the new album that well, and we did it weirdly out of sequence for whatever reason. Let's now play a bunch of hit songs that people love. Nobody Also out of sequence. Yeah, but like at that point those I records mean, are hard to do like So it really if they ma- only I mean, did, it's like craft work. If you only did all the material in sequence for those classic records, then it's also kind of I know what's coming. I mean, if
0: you do do wish you were here out of sequence, as long as you got the bookends, does it even matter? Not really. No, not really. So then they come out, they play money. Then they play us and them. Then David has enough. And Roger's like, let's go back out there. And David says, no. Well, Roger will not be told what to do. So he brings everybody back out but David. Because, oh, he he screams something in the middle about all is forgiven, all is forgiven, everyone come back. Which is just weird to begin with. I don't know if that was part of the song or whatever, but messed up stuff.
1: I think there's like unspoken stuff going on with the band we are not privy to. I'd love to get Roger on to discuss some of this. I wonder what he would think of this podcast series where we just shit on him, deservedly so at times. But, but you I know, what? We're I, you also know I'd love, love stuff to hear him defend himself and be like, "None of that's true," and you don't know what they did to me. And I'm not saying he, he's not getting shit sandwiches
0: served up, but he's getting plenty he's of Dutch him. rudder. He's getting plenty of Dutch rudders to go. He with.
1: Earned, he earned the grief and the greatness, there's no question. Yes, he has, and so he comes out and he says, Well, we don't really play the blue, we're gonna play slow blues for you. And why is my why, uh-oh. lost your oh. camera and your volume also got weirdly loud? But it's okay, there we go, you're back. That was weird.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, I didn't touch anything, so yeah, so they decide to play a slow blues and they play this really hauntingly beautiful blues song for reasons unknown to me. And that ends, and then we close the chapter on what was classic Pink Floyd.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know if that's fair, because the wall is clearly the, cla- the uh, it's the not wall pink floyd different. the way it was for the classic right. era but like it's still pink floyd the wall is still pink floyd even if it's all you no know, i completely right. agree but this was the mm-hmm. end of the classic run this is this is kind of funny so you know i did um in my band heyday i did quite a lot of session stuff not that i'm so great but just friends of mine needed bass on some of their stuff and i would go play and sometimes i didn't enjoy the music but i was you know a soldier and i wanted to help my friends out and maybe make some money and whenever there was a lull in the studio or we were taking too long on something that was uninspiring to me, i do Roadhouse on the bass just like every time. That's my on-board riff. And finally, somebody picked up on it. It was like, you son of a bitch. You telegraph every time you've had enough of something and you bump ba 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 bum And I'm like, that's to keep me from leaving like you may not like that <laughs> that's to keep me from walking out because whatever this is sucks and i hate you know i gotta be real uh yeah um so yeah there's a lot there and then uh, basically roger goes home and meditates on this whole experience that he hated the whole tour and was unhappy with the band and uh, as you i'm sure can illustrate better than i but roger goes home and he starts thinking about the next thing and how disaffected he is and how disjoint, like just disconnected from humanity. He feels the rock star to the person is, and how these r- shows were more like a fascist rally to him. This is in his mind, right? Concerts. This is the era of Frampton comes alive and Kiss alive too, and you know, the end of Sabbath and the birth of Van Halen and some of the greatest rock shows of a queen at the height of their powers, some of the greatest showmanship ever. And here's Roger just hating life, hating being a rock star, hating his own band, hating the music he created, hating the reaction of fans. And so he goes home and he starts sketching out two stories. One is what he thinks is not that personal, but is intensely personal and it's almost autobiographical. Could have been a book, actually, about his life, not an album. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the Wall. Oh, he he's making a story about the disconnection between, uh, you know, art. See, and I the,
0: thought you were or, talking
1: about uh, pros and cons. It's coming. No, actually, it's the the difference between in, in Roger's mind. He writes two stories. He present. He writes a bunch of songs. He writes a bunch of lyrics, and he feels like one is very personal and only about him. And another one is a broader, you know, a broader missive about humanity. The broader one, the band is like, this is way insane and too personal, but I got to admit, these songs are pretty great. But uh, have great bones. I don't know about the, you know, we got to work on them. But like, this is very, seems extremely personal and forward and even, you know, going to maybe anger our fans. That's The Wall. And the second record is sort of half a mix of what becomes the final cut the songs that are not associated with the wall soundtrack and pros and cons. And so the band is asked to choose which of these would you rather do? Which would you rather? Would you rather your fingers all talk, talk turn to sausages or would you rather explode like the sun? Like a like a a red dwarf. So like they picked the wall which was the less personal of the two things offered. I feel like the wall is the most personal Roger's album. I think and animals was the least personal no it's pros and
0: I, I say it's pros and cons I think we have about fifteen minutes, and this is going to be a great conversation that we can do for ten all right see the wall was the past, and pros and cons was the future they actually no I take it back they are equally as personal because in pros and cons it, he is contemplating the greener grass in the wall he is contemplating. The yellow grass that he's already walked past and i don't think he re i don't know that he realized what he was doing and but you know let's i'm sorry let's stick with the wall and the the beginnings of the wall it this is you know and the reason why i say this concert is where we close the book on classic floyd when pink floyd reforms on tour next the classic lineup is broken up before the album was even finished. The classic lineup is broken up. Roger has a suit. I mean, they let Roger fire Rick. That is not a band that is a dictatorship and a band is, you know, you might have a visionary or two, but again, going back to Roger and Dave, when you have Roger and Dave working together, you have probably the most potent musical partnership in the history of music, at least rock music and prog music. When you have Roger without Dave, you have something slightly missing. When you have Dave without Roger, you have glorious messes like Momentary Lapse of Reason or glorious, meandering, beautiful abstracts like on an island. Dave is able to make Roger more freeform and Roger is able to make Dave more regimented. That's why the partnership works. But I don't even know where I was going
1: with that. So I mean, that's not unfair. I I think, yeah, the things that that animals tour invariably steers the band on a course. That removes Rick and then removes Roger from the equation. I'm also going to say I just watched the Kiss documentary, kiss for the first time. I had never seen it in its entirety. Wouldn't be a bad chaser. And Agreed. Agreed. Bob Ezrin is a psycho. He's oh, yeah. a psychopath. Oh, yeah. He is a, he's a genius and a great composer himself and an incredible arranger. And all these things might be like the American George Martin. I know that's high praise. But, uh... Dude is wild. He's wilding out with his big dick swinging energy, telling artists the fuck to do. I'm sure that's why Cooper worked on and off with him and couldn't stay with him. I'm sure it's why they're still together. Kiss regretted regretted going back to him. Three times. Three times they used to. He's a great producer, though. Like, if you don't know how to uh, enunciate your musical ideas, he's the guy. But at the same time, Yeah, I can only imagine the shit that he stirred between Roger and and Dave, and that's why you got what you got with the, you know, in my opinion, the, you know, I much more trust. I think also they were all very too close to everything. So on top of all these other complications, interpersonal and otherwise, Ezrin is a guy, maybe he doesn't, they're all too close to it, and Ezrin's not the right guy probably to, you know, maybe help that. (laughs) Ezrin was the right guy for Roger. Now, hear me out. Not for David, correct. Which is why David fought about those mixes, and I'm glad he won.
0: Just gonna point out that uh, Roger, that David, not David, I'm sorry, Ace also hated Bob Ezrin. Although David goes back to Bob Ezrin later, which I don't understand. But Bob Ezrin is very much about the songwriter. You know, whoever is writing the songs is gonna get the preening and the petting and the scritches from Bob Ezrin, the background characters are going to get, you know, kidney punched. What are you doing? Why are you doing it wrong? Play this. (inaudible) Like he hummed the solo to Detroit Rock City to Ace and he said, play this.
1: I love the fucking story about how he was like, another to Ace is like a two, three take guy max. And Ezrin is like 10 takes, 15, 20 takes. And Ace just didn't come back the next day. Uh, He's like, use one of mine or don't. I'm not coming back to track that song. This is the same guy
0: that holds a little box next to the drummer and taps the beat. You know, this, you know, Bob Ezrin is serious. It's, It's like Bob Rock. Bob Rock and Bob Ezrin both have the one thing that makes a producer a super producer rather than a glorified engineer. I love Eddie Kramer. Love him to death. But you know what if i got Ezrin, rock or kramer uh in a room going we want you we want to be we want to do your record the first guy i'm kicking out is eddie kramer
1: <sighs> i don't know it's hard for me because i impact producer. that eddie kramer made on other bands no, like but, billy joel's records and the market and improvement and production of those records he is an amazing amazing engineer he is the greatest sound
0: smith in the world the great ears However, he is not a
1: songcraft. No, he's not. He's not a writer by himself. He's, an, he's a bored guy. That's absolutely you, true. You take Rock and Ezrin and they take your song and go,
0: yeah, your song's about a six and a half and a seven. Do X, Y, and Z. That's not unfair. And you, you're going to sell two million copies of that single.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's... <clears throat> but you have got... If you work with these guys, you've got to be able to look at, have, have someone look you in the face and go, oh... That's what you want to put on the record? Are you sure? Most bands can't handle that. Correct. So Most bands cannot. Correct, correct.
1: So that's what we've got. Is we got. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it, is is it is Animal still a great record? Is the 2018 remix finally out and yeah, wonderful? Fantastic. Like let's, let's have uh,
0: positive. Let's yeah, let's tie this up a little bit so that we don't ramble about nonsense. Uh to que- to ask your first question, is animals still a great record yes it is still absolutely amazing exceedingly powerful and it's it's a lot I love Prague you know I love metal and if you love metal you kind of have to love Prague a little bit Iron Maiden looking at you Metallica Megadeth all you guys that's not Slayer or Anthrax but to be really great at prog i mean how many prog players prog bands do they have a seven minute instrumental section and you're sweating and you're you know you're getting the feels from that yes can't do that kansas can't do that rush love your rush but you can't do that for me you get into dogs you get into sheep and that damn spite words bro like (laughs) look, this is opinion this is not fact this is not criticism this is emotion this is subject not objective so when the fact that pink floyd can do that on animals once you get the message if you're me that message is powerful and it gets into your dna it is almost as powerful for me as the wall the wall as has been described many times in this pod, on the glycine musical podcast the wall is my pink floyd that is my entry point that is my what i can associate with the most because when i got into it it was all about how do i personally associate with the song and that was what made me love something now it's not that way now it's all about narrative whatever but still now to answer your second question is 2018 remix amazing is it good? Is it worthwhile? When I heard when I heard 2018 for the first time because I didn't listen to any streams, I only listened to it on my turntable. I did listen to it once, I want to say on my phone for the podcast. But as for the first time I listened to it, it was like having 20 years of muck and grime. Scraped off a window for me, and it took me here. No, learning about the story that Animals was based off of Animal Farm, which I didn't know for a long time. So Animals was of the you know four or five album run, whatever whatever number you want to go with. That was the one that was the hardest for me to get into. I could get into Final Cut easier than Animals. Then I heard, then I found out the the inspiration and the storyline. It's like. Yes. Okay. This has clicked. However, had I heard this version of Animals the first time, I wouldn't have needed to know the story. It would have clicked because it is so much cleaner, so much fresher. It's a better mix. Everything is, you know, Rick's keyboards are not muddied. I'm sorry. Did I say Rick? Rick's keyboards are clear and powerful. Nick's drums are not down. It's like everything was subdued. It was like, it was like listening to it while drunk
1: and now I'm hearing it sober for the first time. I'm coming up with analogy after analogy. Um, I'm, I'm pro this 2018 version. Again, I, I, I love, I love that they trust Guthrie, uh, and the other people who worked on it again, I have it nearby, so I'll pull it out again. Cause I don't want to uh, omit names. But it's uh, James Guthrie, Joel Plenty, and Bernie Grundman. And those are the producers, the remasters of this album. And uh, yeah, man, uh, it's a shame probably the process of making this one and uh, again the continued ire between David and Roger means we probably won't get any more Pink Floyd remasters. They have already remastered everything multiple times. And Remixed sometimes, and um, all right, we have five minutes, yeah, yeah. I have nothing much more to add to this except to say that you know, this is a great record. I also had much a much stronger childhood and young adult, even though politically this album is like my mecca, like, literally, I'm the hardest Marxist to ever come out of the ghetto, and like, I love Animal Farm and Orwell and 1984 and all that shit, so. To me, this record's incredible, and it gets better and better with time. And as I get older, it means more to me. And agreed, again, I, lo- I love The Wall. When I played in my Pink Floyd tribute band, we only did... We barely did Animals. We did Dogs in our very last show. I don't think I have a recording of it. We See, did like 13 minutes of Dogs is about all we could put together as a band.
0: I, You know what would have been great for me?
1: at uh, Live 8.
0: If they had just fucking
1: played Dogs. Would've made sense. I mean, like it surely fit the event. Um like, I, I just think, you know, that whole thing anything. I mean, there was the no minutes. way in
0: hell that was ever gonna They happen. were not gonna
1: give them an hour. And so they got twenty. No, I mean if they had just minutes. come out
0: and said, We're Pink Floyd
1: and then played dogs. Yeah. Well, Roger might have liked that, but you know, the They uh, co wrote it? it, it they songs. needed the audience. Well, I mean I know, Roger's I words. Know. They needed the they need it was they needed the hits. I did not need Roger singing David's songs and even Dave, I just mistakenly was Sent a, you know, like the algorithm of oh, you're checking out a lot of Pink Floyd. Would you like Roger Waters? Wish You Were Here live. I have many regrets. And even when the something whole... that
0: should never happen.
1: Well, no, if... it's fine. It's his song, and 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 it's about him. It's about his life. But like also. You know, when the entire arena is singing it, you could just not sing. You could just let them sing the chorus every time. Look, and it would ring out and be magical. But no, he's got to, like, warble below No, he should heartily. not ever sing it. It is in a musical abortion when he sings it. <laughs> That's harsh. He, but it's, I don't, no, it's, it's fair.
0: He has a dude next to him that can do David's parts. For the he reason does. of doing David's parts. He's had six dudes. The kid younger and younger. It's it's like Sister Wives. Yeah. He's he's, 80, he's 85 and the David Gilmore is 22. Yeah. And again, seriously, watch put it. A, we can put a pin in it. But, I, okay, so I'm going to put a pin in that. So I was going to ask the question. We have five, well, I have two minutes left now. Is there, you had made the mention that we're probably not going to get another one of these. Agreed. Is there one you think we need? Because they've already remastered Dark Side. Now they've remi- uh, and now they've remixed. Uh, they did a remix reimagination of Momentary, which is a greater version. And now they've done the remix of Animals, which we I think we both agree is a superior version.
1: Unless they were going to let Stephen Wilson take a whole run at the Pink Floyd catalog, I don't see the value in redoing the whole thing again. They've done the Sid stuff. They did my my other, my other second favorite period, which is the soundtrack era, the, the spacey soundtracks. Those are all redone. We have, both have Obscured by Clouds redone. Um, I no, would, I have the Japanese version. Metal has been done. I don't know if Metal is out there. Maybe would be the one that maybe could get an upgrade. But um, I don't think they will be. It would take 10 years for it to come out. They would continue to fight about it.
0: Well, so, maybe their kids will get along better.
1: I doubt it um so again it's i mean like hatfields and mccoy the greens and the blacks and Ga- game of thrones it's not happening um this album's great go buy it it's a it's a buy it's a stay list it's a buy for if you're a floyd fan if you're a classic rock fan and you haven't heard this album run don't walk and go buy it i guarantee it if you don't like it i'll buy it from you everybody that's listening to this i don't care
0: look if um, you don't want look if you don't like it yeah sell it to me and i'm just going to put it right. on the shelf and i'll sell it later I'll buy it from you. Yeah. Um, it's going to get valuable.
1: Did we, as we have one minute to go, and I'm about to hand it to you to bring us home, because I did the last one, and this is the 101 episode <laughs> amazing of the Glacially Musical Podcast. I am so honored to be here with you. Did we decide to announce our next series or not? No, we have not. Go ahead and announce it. show we? And it's uh, the nine guys from Iowa, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, says. so the next series is on the first 10 years of Slipknot. And I think it's going to be very interesting. It's not that many records. I think it's a very interesting story. They just put a new record out. We can talk a little bit about the very divisive new record. I have a few of these on vinyl I'm very excited about. And um, I hope I, everybody likes it. There'll be an awesome chaser in between this one and perhaps our Metallica one also. I'm not sure if that one's showing up soon or not. I, don't
0: I know. have uh, I, I acquiesce to Slipknot. I am not a fan I will g- gladly admit that the first time I saw Slipknot was in 1998 when I was a huge KISS fan during the reunion era. And I thought, who are these fucking guys wearing makeup and masks? That's stupid. Unironically, I thought this. Hey, I see it now. I see it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, anywho, we'll but save I it all for that you. series. Willing and, to give uh, Slipknot a coming complete... within a week or two, I would, depending on when this goes up. I'm not sure we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, off air, but I'm gonna um, give, gonna
0: give Slipknot a complete uh, objective view because yeah. I'm gonna throw everything away and, and listen to it, but and, I then think that I, is... and
1: then and then it'll be your turn. We haven't settled on that next series after but I gotta I'll think, of, want, I'll think, think about be my next
0: one. Uh, but in the meantime, we have run out of time. Thank you for listening, Keithy, my 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 boyhood hero, which is not true my good friend my west coast wesleyan also not true which makes no sense my good friend keefy who has joined me for a shit ton of these episodes and is still sticking with it i greatly appreciate it on our completely useless 101st episode uh u- useless milestone useless milestone but thank you everyone not just keefy for coming along Thank you for listening to us and sticking with all this ridiculous nuttery and crazy Dutch ruttery, all kinds of business. You know, it is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.
1: Five and one giants. That's all I got to say.